0: Welcome to Fortress of Faith with Tom Wallace, calling North America to repentance and revival. Welcome back to the Corner of Truth and Courage. Yesterday, I started going deeper into a topic that we cut into last week. I wrote a book dealing with the Quran, the Quran on Trial. And looking at, you know, from the perspective, what would the evidence tell us about the Quran? Is it a work of a divine God or is it the work of men? Well, I believe it's obvious that the evidence is pointing us to a work of men, a fabrication. Now, this week we're going a little deeper in this topic. The Quran in Crisis, and this is a seminar that I do in churches and Bible colleges, and as we get deeper into it, we're now going to look at the Bible, we're going to make comparisons with the textual record of the Quran and the textual record of the Bible, you know, because it's only fair to ask and make the same critical questions that we're making of the Quran how would the Bible shape up with those same critical issues? And so we're going to do that in today's broadcast. I hope you'll stay with us. Before we do, let me again remind you, we haven't reached our fundraising goal, and we do seriously need your help to help us uh, get it this summer. Our goal is $10,000. With pledges, we could be up to $7,000. we are not yet there. It's a slow going at the end here. And so maybe today, maybe you've been waiting to the end, and uh, this is going to be the last week, you know, whatever it is, it is. And so we're going to stop after this week, but uh, would you help us with a donation, or maybe become a regular donor uh, on a month-to-month basis? You can do that online at FortressOfFaith.com, give safely and securely that way, or give us a call, the number's 800-616-0082, again, that's 800 800- Six one six zero zero eight two. If you want to give a check and and uh, pledge a donation to us that way and get our address, please give us a call eight hundred six one six zero zero eight two. And I'll be sending those of you who've been part of our summer fundraising campaign a copy of my book, The Quran on Trial. All right. Well, let's get into it here. Um, now, the Muslims claim that their scriptures are superior. And Christian scriptures, the the Holy Bible, the Old Testament, New Testament, have been corrupted, and they're inferior. And yet they they don't lay out a case of an argument, really. Uh, they believe simply because the Quran says so, or the reason why they've got the Quran is because uh, they've been taught that, you know, the Jews corrupted the Old Testament, the Christians corrupted the New Testament, so God, Allah, had to fix the corruption by giving us the last Testament the Quran so they believe that the Quran is the last testament it's all from the same God and it fixes the corruption that crept in let's look at the record if it's you know if it's from the same God then we should have pretty much the same message shouldn't we well we certainly don't have that but uh, let's look at their textual evidence now I want to make a case uh, you're going to find with the Bible, you know, the the writers of the Bible started about 30 years after Christ. But the writers of the Quran started much, much, much later. 100 years, 200 years, 300 years after the main writings that we have about Muhammad, the Quran, and all that stuff didn't come until, you know, centuries later. And the point I want to make, the greater the space from the time that it occurred and the time the record was written about it, the greater the doubt grows about its validity. Let me give you an example. Let's say a Viking, Lars, uh, you know, uh, it said that he took a crew and sailed and circumnavigated the globe. Okay. However, nothing is written about that event until 100 years later. Well, legends are born in less time. And let's say, though, that instead something's written about it 30 years later. That, you know, they sailed, they ventured out, and they sailed all the way, way around the world. Well, there could be some of the crew still alive at that, you know, 30 years later. And they say, no, we didn't. We tried, but we failed. We got halfway around, and, you know, the it sunk. So, you know, we, we would have people around to be able to give us testimony whether what was written about the event is true or not. If it's 100 years, 200 years later... Who's there to contest it? No one. And so it's harder to write lies when it's shortly after the event. But it's easy to pass lies when you're 100 years, 200 years later because there's no one there to contest it. And so with the Quran... In the Bible, let's look at the record, okay? The first biography of Jesus Christ was the Gospel of Mark. That was written 30 years after Jesus Christ, after his life and death. And so the first eyewitness account is written 30 years after the life. Now, the first uh, biography of Muhammad wasn't written until 100 years later by a man named Ibn Ishaq. It's called the Sirah, the biography, and so he, you know, no one is alive that was during the life of Muhammad or one of his companions, hardly likely to have any of them alive a hundred years later. The first inscription of the name Jesus is found on a. It's called an ossary an It's a it's a box of bones uh, in Israel. When a body is buried, they're buried in a tomb for seven years, and the body decays, and they take the bones and put them in a smaller box. There's a name of a, of a believer in Jesus Christ. Is apparently, the, the guy said the Christian's name is James, and, and he's buried in, in there in the inscription on the ossuary is his, his belief in Jesus Christ as a follower of Jesus Christ. But the first time the name Muhammad is ever found written on anything is about 70 years after the time it's alleged that he was alive. The earliest manuscript that we know today dates back to 30 to 50 years after the life of Christ. The earliest manuscript that we have of anything about Muhammad dates 100 years after Muhammad. Again, the greater the space, the greater the doubt. And so the Quran has this problem hanging over them. We don't have that with Christianity. And here's another thing, and this is one of the big things. The Bible is written by first-hand eyewitnesses. You know, most of the Old Testament, most of the New Testament, the actual authors that actually put pen to paper were the eyewitnesses themselves. They're telling the story. Now, there is some exceptions, for example, the Gospel of Luke. Luke was not a disciple of Jesus Christ. He was a, a doctor, a Gentile, a companion with Paul, and some and been around all the other apostles there, and he writes his Gospel of the life of Christ, but was not directly an eyewitness as we know of ourselves, and the book of Acts would be similar in, the, in that area. But, the most of, if not all, except for those two exceptions that I gave you, were written directly by first-hand eyewitnesses. Now, when it comes to the Quran, the Quran is written by people who were born AM, after Muhammad. They weren't even alive when Muhammad was alive. And some of these people weren't born for another 100 years, 200 years after Muhammad, before they began writing about him. And so, and and these are critical pieces of scripture or the Hadiths. The Quran and the records of Muhammad's life have a great problem there. Now let's look into some of the content of these scriptures in the Bible. When Jesus told his stories, his parables, he told many parables, what, 39 of them there? Every one of them are original. I mean, you can't go back to any publication, anything written that would be remotely close to some of the things that Jesus had taught during his lifetime. But Muhammad, he is guilty of plagiarism. He plagiarizes a number of uh, targums that were written in the 2nd and 3rd century. It's likely he heard these stories they're actually children's stories, based on Bible characters that were written in the second and third century, and because Muhammad was not, he couldn't read or write himself, and he traveled up into Syria as a caravan trader, and he learned he you know had the remarkable ability of reciting long you know long passages and tell stories and stuff, and teach them. No doubt he heard some of these stories from the uh, Jews or Christians up in Syria, and he came back and he actually. Repeated them and claimed that they came from the prophet Muhammad. Sorry, the prophet and claimed that they came from the angel Gabriel, and therefore they're in the Quran. Let me give you an example plagiarizing the story of the seven sleepers, the heavenly table, the paraclete, the balance, Abraham's ascent to heaven, the clay bird, and the Upa bird. The Upa bird I thought is one of the most interesting stories. I think I got time to tell you about it. The Uba bird apparently, and again, these are children's stories using Bible characters. Great King Solomon and all his power and stuff had a bird army. I guess you could call it the first air force. This is found about chapter 13 in the Quran. He taught these birds to carry big rocks and drop them on his enemies, according to this, uh, this uh, children's story, the Targum. So one day Solomon went out to inspect his uh, army and the Upa bird, the, the general, was not there. He sees him the next day. Where were you during inspection? Oh, well, I was down in Sheba and telling the queen there of all your greatness and your glory. Oh, wow. Okay, well, go, go invite her to come back and, and visit with me. And so the queen of Sheba comes. So they mix a little bit of, of Bible truth and, and, and into this story. And so the queen of Sheba comes to visit King Solomon and see all his glory and wisdom. And when she comes into the throne room, she's walking in and she sees a mirror on, on the floor, a round mirror. Well, she's never seen a mirror before. She thinks it's a pool of water, like a reflection pond. And so to, to keep her skirt from getting wet, she lifted her skirt. Now in the Targum, uh, it says, you know, she lifted her skirt and revealed her very hairy legs, uh, but in the Quran, the hairy legs didn't make it in there, but anyhow. But it's a clear example that Muhammad, as, as I said you know, in a few days before, I believe Muhammad actually got these visions and these things from a spirit, certainly not from the angel of God. And I think he genuinely thought these things were from, you know, from a heavenly uh, host, and he was being deceived. But I think there's evidence also that he's deceiving himself by passing off stories that he had learned, And trying to pass them on as scripture from God. These are clear examples of him doing that. But in the Bible, we don't have anything like that. And so, again, if we are going to give a critical eye to a piece of scripture like the Quran, it's only fair that we compare these things to the Bible. And when we do... And this is the beautiful thing for us as Christians. Everything they throw at the Bible keeps coming smelling like a rose. But when these things are thrown at the Quran, it sinks to the bottom of the ocean because it is in trouble, which is the problem when you try to create something instead of God creating it. Well, we're going to have to stop there, but I got more for you on this subject. Hope you'll join us again tomorrow at the corner of Truth and Courage. God bless you.